Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. You are listening to Radio Maria, and this afternoon it's our Credo program. We have the pleasure this afternoon of having Sister Catherine, the novice, one of the novice, uh, no, the novice, the novice from the community of Our Lady of Walsingham, who is coming here to speak with us this afternoon. Sister Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you'll be doing over this series of talks, I believe. So for those of you who have not yet met me, um, through the radio anyway, um, my name is Sister Catherine Williams and I am from the community of Our Lady of Walsingham based in Durham in Norfolk. Um, We're quite a new community and our mission really um, is to spread, um, you know, the word of God, how we have our personal relationship with God, this this good news that we are all invited into this beautiful relationship with him. Um, And I'm actually a junior sister. I I came out of Nabishi in March. <laughs> oh, and I know that, Sister Catherine. I'm getting confused with the titles. No, no, no. Ah, we should do a whole yeah. radio program on the different stages of religious life, I think. Oh, so. gosh, I stand corrected. Thank you. <laughs> Junior sister, Sister Catherine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but no, it's only in March. So it's, um, yeah, it's funny. I was doing um, an event uh, a few days ago. It was, uh, my name was on the program, actually. And it's so strange just seeing SR in front of my name, actually. Really? I, well, yeah, I know you've been called Sister Catherine, haven't you? Uh, I re- when I first met you, you were still Catherine as a postulant. And yeah. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. And it's for us as a church to see young women, young men like yourself still offering your lives. Um, in the consecrated life is inspiring. So tell us, Sister Catherine, those of us without the title, how do we become holy? Is that what you're going to be speaking to us about? Absolutely. Uh, I was really blessed to grow up in a family where my parents put across to me really the joy of becoming holy, the, the joy of this journey to sanctity. And I suppose I hadn't really appreciated it until I was much older that this isn't something necessarily talked about so much. Or if it is, it's only talked about in vague terms or in a way that isn't doesn't make it desirable, I guess. So really, I, I suppose over um, you know, the next hour and then with the coming radio programmes we've got until um, the new year, just to really um, put across this idea of what holiness really is and how it's something to be so excited about. Thank you. Shall we, will you start us with a prayer and then we'll listen to you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and be with us. We ask you to open up our hearts, open up our minds to all that you wish to teach us. 
We pray that you would fill us all with a desire for more of you, a desire to become holy, to become the people that you have created us to be. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Something else I should just say as well is just ask for the intercession of St. Margaret Clitheroe, St. Margaret Ward, and St. Anne line today um because it's their feast days which is really awesome three catholic lay women um on the day we're talking about holiness how providential is that I that is amazing that. it's brilliant <laughs> yeah. i'll talk about them at the end actually because they really i mean if you want to say deserve their whole program but you know i'll give them a shout out so thank you <laughs> um so yeah holiness um you know we hear about this in the bible we hear about this at mass and that's a really good starting point for anything and the important um, thing with scripture is, you know, to, um, if you're listening to this, you know, and one of these, these scripture verses, which I'm about to read out, strike you, um, make a note of what they are, go back to them, pray with them and sit with them because the, the word of God, it changes our hearts um, just by us listening to it, um, reading it again and taking it and it changes us. So we first really, um, I really, beautiful quote early on in scripture comes from Leviticus and this is Leviticus 20 verse 26 and it says God speaking to his people and he says you shall be holy to me for I the Lord am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine so that's Leviticus 20 26 and this is such a beautiful scripture verse um, because it really lays out this idea so early on so early on in history before you know the church was in existence um what being holy is so holiness comes from the hebrew root kadesh and it means to be set apart to be consecrated and that's what god does with each one of us through our baptism you know he sets us apart um, from the others and calls us to himself it's to be really chosen from all others by him and when Christ comes, um, you know, we hear this in John 10, um, verse 10, you know, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance or have it to the full or have life more abundantly, depending on your translation. Um, and then in Matthew 5, 48, you are to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Again, this will vary a bit based on your translation. Um, the beauty of the internet as well is you can just Google, there's like Bible Hub and stuff, and you can just look at these verses and they'll give you all the possible translations. It's quite amazing because um, God can speak through different translations of the Bible as well. Um, so this call to become holy, this call to perfection is there in scripture. And you hear it over and over again. This is only a small selection. And again, I've just pulled out Ephesians 3.19. Um, which talks about knowing the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I love that one, to be filled with the fullness of God. Um, and it sort of ties in as well with that, um, having life to the full as well, that they, that's talked about in John. So it's really just this idea of holiness is um, not just this kind of being a squeaky clean sort of person you know like one of those you sort of think about holiness you think about these really sort of like shiny statues or something in the corner of churches right just like with these halos and just looking all very sort of above human in a sense holiness is just being 
fully who God made you to be. It's being fully you. So by becoming Hayley, I, Catherine Williams, I'm just becoming fully Catherine Williams. And that's all there is to it, really. It's, it's beautifully simple in a way, but the journey there takes a lifetime. And I think it's just such an important misconception to clear up because we've just, um, I suppose as well with certain saints books and stuff, um, I certainly was brought up on a few of them. It's, they're, they're quite, they're nice, but they come across very twee and sort of, um, you know, I can remember one of them in particular where it was like, even as a child, this person just never sinned. And I remember reading it as a 13-year-old thinking, goodness me, that's just entirely unrelatable. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a real movement in the church now, which is really rediscovering the saints and recognising that actually, you know what, these people were, were flawed too in their own ways. But what made them a saint was they brought that all to Christ and they strove to be transformed and they offered that to him. And allowed God to shape them to form them into the people he had made them to be you know we we are all called to be holy we are all called to these heights of union with God of deep intimate relationship with him it looks different for every one of us because each one of us is totally different and unique but we are all called to that same fullness of God to be filled with all the fullness of God each and every one of us um, and that's by, by virtue of your baptism, you are called to that. By virtue of your baptism, you have a responsibility to that, like it or not, <laughs> you know. Um, there is no one in heaven who is not a saint. So if you want to get in there, um, this, is, this is how we do it. Um, and, you know, that's another thing. Aim for heaven, you know. Think about where you are aiming for after you die. If you're aiming for purgatory and you miss, it's not looking too good, is it? Let's be honest. But if you aim for heaven and miss, you know, there's hope there. (laughs) So aim for heaven. That's where the Lord wants you. He wants you in eternal bliss with him straight away after you die. And everything is on offer in this life right here, right now, no matter what your circumstances are, to draw you to holiness, to draw you to the fullness of God. Thank you. Gosh, what a wonderful start. Can I just ask you, I, I suppose it's getting near to time for some music, Sister Catherine, but when you were talking about being set apart, consecrated, this abundant life, um, two things came to mind. And the first that came to my mind, biblically speaking, is that idea of God being married to the nation of Israel, then to humanity, then and also to us as individuals. In the Catholic tradition, at least over the last maybe two, three hundred years, that's been very much um, expressed within consecrated life for very obvious reasons. But it's something that I've started to wonder about as a lay person as well, that that's my relationship to God is similar, is a, is a marriage. Do you, have you got anything to say to that teach us about that or to comment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm very privileged to be um, in this state of life where, um, you know, I'm called to be consecrated to God in such a, um, you know, sort of public manner, I guess, in such an explicit way. But actually, you know, by being a religious, I'm just standing as we call it an eschatological sign, if you want the, the technical. Um, but really, you know, I'm and all other religious, we're, we're there actually just as a sign 
of the truth that stands for all of us. All of us accord to, I guess, that espousal on a spiritual level with God. Um, for us, it's just playing out here and now and in a very explicit sign. But it's what we are all called to. We are all called to have that same um, union, that same marriage, I guess, um, if you want to use that word, to to God. Um, and, you know, I think that's that's a really beautiful point you've pulled out on because sometimes we can get a bit stuck and think, oh, this is just, you know, religious and priests and things. But no, it's all of us are to have that same deep and intimate union with God. And um, there's actually some really beautiful saints, um, you know, who, who were married and they speak about having this kind of spousal sort of union with God, even in their marriage. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's for all of us in a way, um, just as consecrated people, we're just called to sort of stand there as a bit of a sign. I don't know if that really answers the question. I hope it makes Yeah, it does. It, yeah, it's, it make, it, it's a hopeful thing and a, and a direction, I think, that sometimes, certainly with my upbringing within the Catholicism, it wasn't, it wasn't in the imagery that, that was there for me to source. And then the second thing that stood out to me about what you said is, how we are called to be fully who we are. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came to my mind, I remember going to mass, midnight mass um, for Christmas a few years back in a very, very packed church in the middle of Cambridge. And, you know, some people were arriving late. There were lots of us crammed into the space. Um, And I remember feeling like I was in a really messy kitchen in a way, like it was God's kitchen. And one of the things I have loved about the Catholic experience and, and even within the, the Christian circles, sometimes these are the people that we can find the most, not the most difficult to get on with, but we're aware of our differences and yet mm-hmm. we hold together. And that diversity between us seems to me to be part of becoming abundantly who I am, but also allowing others to become abundantly who they are too. Definitely. And I think it's really only in and through that certainty about God's love for us that we can do that. Um, Because I certainly know on my own, I can be very sort of fragile and insecure. But, you know, when we know God's love for us as uniquely who we are um, and how you just pour love into our, I guess, individuality, then that can really give us that, that strength and that certainty to sort of, yeah, stand there with all these other people so radically different from us and say, you know, th- this is who I am, this is who God is creating me to be. And um, that's who you are and who God is creating you to be. And we can really learn so much about God by seeing each other in that light. And there is so much that those difficult people can teach us about ourselves. <laughs> uh, honestly, so much. Those people are the greatest gifts God can send you on this journey and it's also worth bearing in mind you will be with them in eternity most likely as well (laughs) it's good to learn to get along down here you can sort of manage up there as well are you ready for a little bit of music or would you like to say a little bit more for this section let's 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 do it okay lovely i am going to play for you um while you were sleeping by the casting crowns
town of Bethlehem Looks like another silent night Above your deep and dreamless sleep A giant star lights up the sky That was While You Were Sleeping by the Casting Crowns. You are listening to Credo this afternoon on Radio Maria. We have the pleasure of listening to Sister Catherine today from the community of Our Lady of Walsingham. And she's talking about the call to holiness that all Christians share. Sister Catherine, we look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you so much. Um, So... This call to holiness is something that's really being rediscovered, I suppose you could say, in this day and age. Um, and this really started with the Vatican II. Now, Vatican II does get quite a lot of flack. Um, and, you know, that, that's partly because, you know, um, so much really needed changing at the time. And, you know, there's been, and it created a lot of upheaval. And so really we're still in a time of all that Vatican II has you know, tried to teach us is still settling in a way. You know, the pendulum's still swinging and the church, it does move slowly. We're 2,000 years old, so things don't happen too quickly. Um, but one of the really, really beautiful things Vatican II sought to bring to the forefront of our attention as a church as a whole was what we call the universal call to holiness, how we are all called to holiness regardless of our age, our status, our state in life, um, what we do, um, our backgrounds, we are all called to be holy. And this comes across really beautifully in um, this document called Lumen Gentium, which is the dogmatic constitution of the church written in 1964. Do not let that mouthful of a title put you off. It is an incredible document, so beautiful, so rich. And I just get so hyped about being a Catholic and everything, reading it is fantastic. Um, so don't let the, the big title put you off. But if it does, I have a few, just pulled out a few little paragraphs and, you know, you can Google this. Um, you can. It's all available for free on the Vatican website. Do just go have a look if you can, because um, it's just such... A beautiful document um, and in particular um, so all church documents are split into very manageable paragraphs which is quite kind of them <laughs> rather than just um, prolonged chapters they split them into paragraphs as well and paragraph 40 is a really important one and I'm just going to read it off it's worth reading it's in, in its entirety so um, I'll just I'll just read it now so this is paragraph 40 of Lumen Gentium thus it is evident to everyone that all the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life and to the perfection of charity. By this holiness, as such a more human manner of living is promoted in this earthly society. In order that the faithful may reach this perfection, they must use their strength accordingly as they have received it, as a gift from Christ. They must follow follow in his footsteps and conform themselves to his image, seeking the will of the Father in all things. Isn't that incredible? That is so beautiful. Um, It's it's just such a, a stunning paragraph and just lays out for us that this is what you are all called to. This is what you're doing. And yeah, I just get so excited reading that, honestly. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's something that... Um, I. 
I was thinking about, um, I have met your community, obviously know them well now, and that it's something that your community is very much spreading this message to us. Is that right, Sister Catherine? Is this part of your charism? Absolutely. It's what we're all about, you know, just really helping people to understand the plan that God has for each one of their lives, this plan to become holy, to become fully who you are made to be, to be fully human, as it talks about here. So, yes, definitely, this is something we just really want to encourage people that, um, you know, this this call to holiness isn't restricted just to people who are nuns, sisters or priests or um, people who maybe are intelligent. Like, you don't have to be able to read church documents and complicated theological things. You just have to have the desire. But I'll talk about that later. Sorry, I won't. Thank you. So we won't, we won't go too fast. <laughs> I'm going to finish with a few tips um, to get you started on this. Um, so, um, so just to dive a little bit more into a few, a few things um, from this paragraph, just to pull out a few um, important uh, little extracts here. So... Holy, I was talking, saying how by this holiness, a more human manner of living is promoted in this earthly society. And when I was reading this over in sort of preparation for this talk, that really blew me away. I thought, how incredible is that? By each one of us striving to become holy, striving towards this perfection of charity, we're not somehow becoming less human. We're not somehow becoming sort of above human. We are simply... Um, becoming just fully human, you know. This is this is humanity as it is authentically meant to be, as, as God intended it, as He planned from the beginning. Um, original sin it kind of fragments our humanity; it, it breaks us up and disperses us. But this um, journey to holiness, this journey to perfection, it draws us back into being truly human what humanity was meant to be, as we see expressed in the person of Jesus Christ and in his mother Mary. Um, there's this beautiful quote, I think it's St. Irenaeus, Irenaeus, I can speak. Um, you know, the glory of God is man fully alive and woman. Um, you know, it's it's being fully alive, um, alive with all the, the fullness of Christ, that life in abundance um so just to really clear up that misconception you know it's not about somehow becoming you know this this very sort of um maybe shallow two-dimensional kind of plaster cast figure we sometimes think of when we think of holiness it's about becoming fully vibrantly alive um you know with all with all our weaknesses you know still you know we're not gonna um sort of get rid of those um, totally. Um, I think that's something important to acknowledge. We're going to talk about that more over this program. Um, but, you know, it's, it's about bringing all those to Christ and he transforms them and turns them around. Um, and the second important thing to say is um, it talks about um, following in Christ's footsteps and conforming themselves to his image seeking the will of the Father in all things. Holiness is for here and now. Sometimes you can be inclined to say, well, you know, it's something I'll, I'll think about and start when I'm in this new job or in this new place when I'm retired, I've got more time for prayer or, you know, when the grandkids are a bit older and I don't need to be looking after them so much or when my children have grown up. 
Holiness is for here and now. There is never going to be a better time because God works with what he has right here and right now. All that he has placed in your life can be used to grow in holiness. You know, um, that, that can be a hard thing sometimes to accept that because, you know, we're never going to have our ideal situation in a sense, you know, well, it's part of the thing of being human, isn't it? We always kind of think, oh, if it was this way, then it would be better or such and such way. You know, I'm guilty of the same too. Um, But God intends for us to become holy, no matter what our circumstances are, right here and right now. And he can use everything in your life, no matter what it is, to bring you to that perfection he desires for you. So, you know, I think that's really something to take to heart, to really ponder about and turn to the Lord and say, okay, you know, how do you want to use these circumstances to bring about this fullness of life you're calling me to? And sometimes that can feel really sort of just baffling, but that's the miracle of God we can see in every moment. And honestly, I do, looking sort of at my own life, it is genuinely quite miraculous just when we open ourselves up um, to God turning those things around to our good, like he does, you know, uh, and it's just incredible. It, it does sometimes just, you know, take one's breath away, just the way God turns everything around for our good. I think, um, yeah, that is so true. Do you find God surprising, constantly surprising? Constantly. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think for me on this journey towards holiness, um, you know, I, I suppose I always had this idea of how I wanted it to be and how I envisaged it. And it's been so different. <laughs> um, you know, I was trying to control my own journey to holiness. I wanted to make it my journey. But really, it's just all God's work. It's all God's work. He, it's just us corresponding to that grace, corresponding to what he's already done. And once I suppose I started to let go of what I wanted and how I wanted it to be and when I wanted it to be, I just found myself really, myself just really, yeah, taken aback, surprised, um, just really quite awestruck at the way in which God works. It was just so unexpected and so surprising. And um, that's what makes it so beautiful because even these really boring, ordinary moments suddenly become so beautiful and rich because he just brings life to everything. Yeah. I find that encouraging also to remember how we're all in the same boat when it comes to that sense of um, especially that wondering about how things might be better mm-hmm. if I was somewhere or someone else or doing something else. Yeah, definitely. I, I, just, I think it's a problem common to all humanity. Yeah. <laughs> We, we all kind of think oh yeah you know if only it was that way then I'll be like that and or if that person wasn't in my life then it would be yeah, yeah but God, God can use all of that he can thank you sister Catherine I will move on to the next piece of music which is going to be As For Me by Pat Barrett and Chris Tomlin
You are listening to Radio Maria, our credo programme. We are learning about the call to holiness, how we are all called to holiness with Sister Catherine this afternoon. We look forward to hearing more, Sister Catherine. Brilliant. I like that, how we're all called to holiness with Sister Catherine. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all walking together. We're all walking together. Um, so, yeah, I suppose just to finish off a bit maybe with more of the theory and then before I sort of get into all the practicals of how we can start walking this walk. Um, Leo and Gentium, it also talks in paragraph 41. So just after one we're talking about. Um, the classes and duties of life are many, but holiness is one. You know, and every person must walk unhesitatingly. Big word that I'm not sure if I do that. Um, according to their own personal gifts and duties in the path of living faith. So again, it's just really re-emphasizing how this is something we are all called to you. Every single one of you listening to this, um, we are all called to that. And Pope Saint John Paul II um, at the turn of um, third and early in 2000, um, released this document called, I hope I'm going to say this right, it's a bit of a tongue twist, but Novo Millennio Iniente. Oh, I think I did it. That was great. <laughs> so, and it's this really, again, really beautiful document and I think um, quite accessible as well. But in paragraph 30 or 31, I can't quite remember, he talks about how the time has come for, for this million, for the, the 2000s, we're, we're living in this, to re-propose wholeheartedly to everyone this high standard of ordinary Christian living, the whole life of the Christian community and of Christian families must lead in this direction, this direction of union with God, deep union with God, which is holiness, which is the perfection of the Christian life. And it says, this is ordinary Christian living, you know, um, ordinary Christians are supposed to be saints, you know. Um, and again, it's just clearing away those misconceptions of what it actually means to be a saint. Um, not people who got it right all the time. Um, that, that's the thing. Uh, I, was, I was listening to a talk once um, by this man who was involved in the canonization for Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And, you know, it was no secret among the community that she was not necessarily an easy person to live with. You know, um, and I found that so reassuring because <laughs> I know I'm not always an easy person to live with. Um, but that's the thing is, even though there's um, certain traits which may um, sort of other people may find it, I might find difficult about other people, or other people might find difficult about me, things I struggle with, you know, that's okay. God can work with that. He, he uses what he's got. Um, he came that we might have life in abundantly. He came for us sinners. He came for us in our brokenness and in our poverty. That's what he wants. And he wants to bring that to holiness. So please, you know, you're listening, don't feel that, oh, you know, it's it's a bit too late for me or, you know, um, gosh, you know, I'm just hearing this for the first time and, you know, it's, it's a bit too much at this point in my life or, um, you know, the Lord can't possibly want to bring that to holiness. Um you know, he still, he still will use that. He still wants that and wants to bring you to holiness no matter what your circumstances. So just to really encourage you in that. Um, and another thing to say as well is um, it talks in Lumen Gentium, just hopping back over to that, how the holiness of the people of God will grow into an abundant harvest of good. When we prioritise God, when we put him first, 
other things, all the other things fall into place. That's what it means. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be given to you. When we prioritize him and put him first, he will take care of everything else. And it's like this with, with prayer, you know, that we can sometimes feel, especially, um, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're very busy and everything, because um, life is busy, especially these days, goodness me, um, you can sometimes feel, oh, you know, um, I'm not sure if I can spare that time for prayer because I've got so many pressures on me. Um, you know, it's amazing the way God kind of multiplies time or just somehow suddenly makes when um, I'm sort of feeling really a bit under pressure to get all these jobs done because none of life is busy, let me tell you. Um, it's very busy. Um, you know, when I like, okay, no, I am going to make sure I take that full hour of prayer. I'm going to make sure I sit down and do that even because I know that's that's what's asked of me. That's what it says um, in our customary to take that time for prayer. I'm going to do that. That time I need for all those other jobs it's funny, even though the actual time, that half an hour, doesn't change in length objectively, suddenly more seems to somehow get done in that time than otherwise would have happened. So really trust that God will take care of those things when you start giving him that time. That doesn't mean we should sort of become lax and, you know, not make an effort. It's just about making sure we have our priorities straight. Our souls are our priority, okay, because we're going we're gonna to have those forever. <laughs> Can I just interrupt? One of the things that um, I'm thinking at the moment is, you know, when you were, you were saying, Sister Catherine, that sometimes we we all have, sometimes we'll think, I'd rather be somewhere else doing something else. Yeah. And of course, for me, I, like I live in a family situation. So sometimes it's just like, if I could just get away from the family and have a little holiday, just a few days by myself, it'd be wonderful. But I'm imagining for you, do you actually sometimes think, if only I was in an enclosed monastery somewhere, I, re- I wouldn't have all these interruptions and busy non-life that you have at the moment? There's this really fantastic book, which um, I'll actually recommend to everybody. It's brilliant, called by this man called Ralph Martin. It's called The Fulfillment of All Desire. Uh, it's actually a fabulous book, which um, I, you know, I'm sort of drawing my inspiration from, actually, because he takes all the saints and goes through the whole journey of this relationship to God. And he, he opens it um, with this like quite amusing example because it really resonated with this tendency we have to pass the buck as he puts it with um this giant spiritual life and says um you know as, as you were saying you know it's very personal yeah you know the the nuns can do the holy thing and then he was sort of saying well consecrated um well consecrated people could also be tempted to think oh well the hermits will do it and <laughs> um, it's kind of like well i've got lots of other things to do so i'm just not always <laughs> like you know there can be that tendency to think oh you know it's it's just um too much but you know as i said yeah god uses what we've got in our lives and whilst you know going on retreat taking a few days to yourself if you can that's really great and can be of immense fruit and benefit and if the opportunity does arise to do that you know do it by all means but don't use it as an escape. Don't use it as a thinking, okay, this is this is the moment where I'm going to become holy and I'm going to get it all sorted out on this retreat or this holiday and then come back and be yes, we heard, you know, God uses the normal, mundane, frantic, um, stressful, whatever objectives you want to use for it, circumstances of your life to bring you to him. I was also, um, something that again struck me when you were talking about um, how we're called to this holiness we live that holiness within Christian community within family with the wider wider world 
But sometimes that doesn't mean to say it's always smooth. And it also doesn't mean that the people we live around are easy, nor are we easy ourselves to live with. Um, And another thing that I was thinking sometimes, maybe more so as I've got older, but sometimes you have to do things sometimes that hurt other people. Mm. Um, In the end, you hope for the best, but... That's another aspect of life, isn't it? That sometimes what we have to do doesn't always feel nice or holy. Or again, that pristine statue of the saint that we can be have in our minds sometimes. Absolutely. Um, Sister Camilla, um, who's a member of my community, um, always talk, has this lovely thing where she always talks about M&Ms and she sometimes brings a packet um, on the retreats because we do a lot of retreats on sort of surrender and abandoning to the will of God and the difficulties of life and everything. And she likes M&Ms because it's the mystery and the mess. You know, our, our lives are messy and because of you know, human brokenness, human weakness because of original sin, you know, we, we do hurt each other and there is there is pain, there is suffering in life. Um, but even that, you know, God can use and actually it can be a real source of strength, a real source of fortitude when we have to go through those difficult moments um, to know that God is with us in that and to trust that he's with us in that. Um and I'm actually going to segue this in um, to, because this leads on quite nicely to some practical tools to really start walking this walk, to start out on this journey. Um, and one of those things really is, you know, find yourself some people who will support you on this walk, you know, um, make sure you have some people around you. Uh, spiritual directors, you know, they're really great. They can be a bit hard to come by, um, unfortunately, uh, but they are out there. Um, you know, see if you can find yourself a spiritual director and, you know, your parish. See if you can find, find people in your parish, start a prayer group or something. Don't, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, some, I find some people can sort of be like, oh, there's nothing really going on in my parish and I wish there was, you know, talk to your priest and start something, get it going. You know, if God's placed that thought in your mind, then, you know, he'll, he'll give you the grace to do it and don't make it complicated either. Yeah, there's an immense power in just getting together, reading, be it the gospel of the day or, um, you know, if you've got the subscription to Magnificat, um, you know, there's some really beautiful reflections in that as well. And just sitting with each other and sharing your thoughts, um, sharing this this part of ourselves, um, this spiritual part of ourselves, this really most important part of ourselves in many ways with other people. And, you know, keeping it simple can be such an amazing tool to grow in holiness. And, you know, it's not just about you either. This um, it's, it's about making sure you're sharing that journey um, and walking that walk with others. Um, and another thing I'd say as well is just desire it. That's an important thing to really just desire it. Um, and if you don't desire it, then pray for the grace to desire it. And I always say to people, I sometimes need to start a step before that and pray for the desire to desire to die of desire it. um, But, you know, God works with with my weakness and where I'm at. Um, But, you know, that desiring it is so important. And I'm just going to, you know, because you you made a really good point about how it's not just always about feeling good and it's always not always about feeling it. And that desire needs to be deeper than feeling. It needs to be supernatural 
whereby it's not just carried up on this feeling of yeah and isn't this great and wonderful and um wanting to always feel good in prayer in our spiritual lives and life generally it's more than that this is this is um grace we're talking about here which is deeper than feelings and actually the moments of greatest growth are often when there isn't feeling there when we don't necessarily feel like praying um when we don't necessarily feel like going to mass um that's when god can work so powerfully because then we're operating out of his grace and not just carried on on this sense of feeling good doing something and that's when we really start to grow when we start to move away from that level of just feelings into something deeper that's when grace can really break through and god can work powerfully in our lives it's so hard to um at times to well, to accept that that's the case because mm. that can happen over a, a, quite a long period of time can't it it's not just that you feel feel like that for a day sometimes it can be for a season in life definitely and um, we'll, we'll talk about this more as well um over the coming um sessions because this is um you know something especially as we progress on the spiritual journey those moments of dryness will come to help us grow um, and I'd really like to, uh, you know, explore a bit about what St. John of the Cross talks about with this, because he talks about it as the dark night of the soul, the dark night of the senses. And I'm hoping we can actually spend a whole program talking about this because it's so important to really dive into this because we live in a society, in a culture that is totally feelings driven. I mean, goodness me, I think that's the cause of so many problems we see in today's world especially with you know mental health as well is because we're just you know inundated with this message that it's about how you feel it's about what makes you feel good and if you don't feel good doing it then don't do it and you know also just this idea of you know it's about feeling happy and happiness and it's become all centered around happiness happiness is not a good word <laughs> it's not a good thing to face your life on we're talking about joy here and joy is something supernatural. It's something so much deeper and more profound. And this is something I've experienced, you know, um, a few times. And it's it's so strange uh, on one level because you can be feeling um, sort of unsettled or upset or something. But beneath that, there is this deeper joy and peace, which is so unshakable. And that's what this life in abundance, this life to the full is leading us towards where we can live out of that deeper, more rooted joy and peace. It's interesting when you say that. Um, I think that call to holiness that we all have is so important. But something I find very helpful in my conversations and listening to you and to other um, often people who are living religious vows is, you know, you were saying that you have that eschatological witness. <laughs> um, but when you are living that deep prayer life and it's and it's your job to do that day out, day in, day out, you know, that's mm -hmm. what you do on behalf of the church. Yeah. But you speak from experience, don't you? When you're saying these things, you're not talking about it from a book. In your vocation as a sister, as you're growing through that life, that's what you're living through. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to talk about in a few sessions, you know, the heights of mystical union, which maybe less from experience <laughs> than that. Yeah, but you know, there's this daily, I suppose, battle because it is a bit of a battle, you know, um, of living with yourself, living with other people, and just trying to walk that walk faithfully. I think is common to us all, you know, um, and yeah, there can be a lot of misconceptions about religious life. <laughs> You know, it can be quite mundane and you know I don't I don't choose the people I live with um and you know it's yeah it, it is um very normal in some respects there is a real sort of normality to it that sort of even took me by surprise when I joined you know um and you know we're, we're all united in in that walk and there's things common to all the states of life and I think it's really important um to to remember that um you know so we talked about um in terms of just commencing this journey with god the importance of having people around you to help um you in this journey to desire it but most importantly um you know cultivating a prayer life you know making sure you have a daily prayer life a regular prayer life that um stays the same you know borrow the wisdom of religious life here we have set times for prayer and we stick to that and there's a real wisdom in that you know find a time in the day where you can pray every day and and stick to it even if you don't feel like it this this is so important this will really keep you rooted when those more difficult times come when you don't really feel that fervor that feeling of enjoyment um, that you might have initially on the journey, um, carve out that time. Um, find something which will really keep you rooted. For me, it's the divine office, the daily prayers of the church, which are now accessible to everybody. You know, Universalis, you can get that on an app on your phone. You can buy the books off Amazon. That really kept me, um, even before I joined Religious Life, um, you know, I, I I used to pray, I think I prayed when I was about 16, actually. And I found it was just such a good solid thing to have incorporated into my day. Um, And scripture is so important because it's all rooted in scripture. You know, the rosary is great as well. Um, Even starting off with something like, um, you get some really good consecration programs, um, like, uh, you know, the consecration to Jesus through Mary um, by St. Louis de Montfort. That can be a really good starting point because that's 30 days the structured prayers that could be something to just sort of like get you started um on a prayer life um and there's so many resources out there these days um and you know, even something like radio maria where you have people coming on and talking about the spiritual life um but saint bernard of clairvaux has something really important to say about this where he says all these prayers are so good but they're pointless if we're not actually paying attention to what they're saying and I was listening to this talk actually a few a few days ago, and oh my word, I just felt so called out by it. I was thinking, wow, goodness, yeah, because we go to mass every day as a community, and I was thinking, how often do you know I really, really listen to the the opening prayer, the closing prayer, the words of the Eucharistic prayer? How often? How am I really? Am I really engaging with this? And Teresa Ravella says, you know, pray, take to prayer the different parts of the mass, and really listen listen deeply to the words and what God is saying to you, not just generally, because he's saying that to you. Um, He knew for all time, before your existence, that you would be there at that mass, saying that rosary, reading that scripture verse. He knew that. 
And he has something to say to you about that right there and right now. So take that word from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. Be attentive to the prayers which are already there in your life. Be attentive to what is being said at that Mass you go to every Sunday or the words of the Rosary you say every day. Um, Really listen to what God has already put in your life. Thank you, Sister Catherine. We are drawing to the end of our programme now. Do you have anything that you'd lastly like to say to us? Yes. So as it's the feast of um, these three beautiful English saints, I'll just sort of quickly say a little bit about them because these were all women, lay women. You know, they, they had families, they had husbands and they had busy lives. You know, it was not an easy life back then. Um, you know, it, it isn't as in today. Um, so you have St. Margaret Clitheroe from York. Um, he was married to a butcher. Um, she she taught herself to read, ran a small school for herself and neighbours' children, he had priests in her house and had mass there. Yeah, it's quite, quite a busy life, really, running an underground <laughs> Catholic thing. And, you know, she was arrested and refused to plead guilty. And, you know, it was subjected to quite a horrible death where she was, she was crushed to death under a door. Um, and then you had Anne Lyon, who was from Essex and became Catholic as a teenager. And her family disinherited her. Um, but she married another disinherited convert um, as well. And she was left destitute when he was imprisoned. But she taught herself. Uh, but she taught and she embroidered. She Again, she hid priests. But again, she was arrested and then hung at Tyburn. And then Margaret Ward. Um, again, you know, she... She taught and um, did all these things and hid all these priests and really, um, you know, did so much. Um, but again, she was arrested for helping a priest to escape from prison. Um, and she refused to give away his location, even under torture. You know, these, these were strong women, but their strength was built on lives where they just gave their yes in the daily mundane things. You know, they, they did things that's interesting, you know, cooking and raising children, uh, you know, living out these married lives, um, busy lives. Um, but their ability to give that amazing yes, that amazing and quite remarkable um, sort of witness, where that, which they're, you know, eventually killed for, you know, and the word martyr means witness, um, that was built on these lives of quiet and daily service and that's something I think really important for all of us to take to heart you know um, whilst we may not be called to untie <laughs> those rather um, you know be, be hanged for our faith or anything um, you know we, we're still called to imitate their lives insofar as to give um, our yes uh, to God to live those lives of quiet faithfulness in the ordinariness of our lives. Um, so I think that's, that's something really important um, just to draw out from their lives is, is just, you know, in that ordinariness and those mundane things, just to really strive to live that um, fully and at depth in union with God. Um, so, yeah, just to really draw out um, this message they have for us. So um, next time... Um, doing this program um sort of building on what we've talked about now um but really looking more at what the great teachers of that we call this area of theology mystical theology 
um, which sounds rather grand, I think, which is why it's put off a lot of people and maybe created these misconceptions. It can sound rather, yes, spectacular and beyond us. But we're going to be looking at these great saints and seeing what they have to say about it to us, and especially looking at humility and self-knowledge. These are the foundation stones of the journey to holiness. But um, So you've got a few weeks before the next one to put into practice that attentiveness in prayer, to find those people um, to accompany you and to really cultivate that prayer life um, before we look at the next steps in this journey towards holiness. Um, would you like me to finish with a prayer? Before that, on behalf, oh, yeah. before, on behalf of all of us who are listening, thank you so much, Sister Catherine. This has been a programme I have found for myself and I hope I speak on behalf of others too. It's such an encouragement. Um, so thank you for that. And yeah, um, let, let uh, us hear a prayer. Thank you. Thank you. It's been such a joy to share this and, and I hope it is of use to those of you who are listening. Um, so we're just going to go and finish the prayer and just listen again to the words of one of those scripture verses I started out of. So John 10, verse 10. Jesus says to each one of us, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So we pray here and now, Lord, that you would really show each one of us what it means to have this life to the full, this life in abundance. We pray that your grace would open up our eyes to see the ways in which you are speaking to us in the circumstances of our daily life. Pray, Lord, that you would really help us to grow closer to you in all those things you have placed us in our life, especially those things we may find more difficult. Pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate and show to us how you want to draw us closer to your heart in these moments. Pray especially for the intercession for each one of us of Saints Margaret Clitheroe and Lyne and Margaret Ward. Pray that their intercession would draw us to holiness, draw us to that relationship with God. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.